I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, June 8th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, some good news. Wendy's has teamed up with Google to develop a drive-through chatbot that understands unique phrases to increase order accuracy, even over background noise. If it takes off in the U.S., you might be ordering a chicken sandwich from a bot in the near future. Does this sound like the future that you want, Jay? I mean, I would like in my near future a chicken sandwich from Wendy's, but I don't need to order from a bot. I mean, if it increases order accuracy, I'm fine. But didn't they just move to like ordering at kiosks at McDonald's? Like this just seems like something nobody's asking for. But, you know, right now everything is AI and chatbots and I guess everything is Google and Wendy's too. So let's get to it. It reminds me of this expression. I think Peter Thiel said it. Don't quote me on it. Uh, he goes, we were promised flying cars and instead we got a Wendy's drive through chatbot. That is kind of the future that's being created right now. So look, I hope, I think AI is very promising. Obviously, we talked about it a lot on the pod. We're going to talk about it in this episode too. But, you know, I, I'm hopeful that there'll be more or bigger applications of it than just these little playthings, I'll call them. Absolutely. And I hope you don't quote Peter Thiel too often on this podcast. <laughs> so with that, Brett, aside from AI ordering, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, car thefts in Canada are a national crisis. For our second story, how much AI is too much AI? And for our last story, Meta's biggest attack yet on Canada's Online News Act. For our first story, Missy Elliott once asked, beep, beep, who's got the keys to the Jeep? These days, the answer to that question too often is sophisticated international crime syndicates. That's concerning, Brett. What is the latest on car theft? So car thefts in Canada rose exponentially last year, costing issuers over $1 billion per a new report from Equité Association. Up $300 million. It's up $300 million from the previous year. Now, Equité Associations, I'm going to try and say that in French as much as I can, president called the spat of thefts a national crisis. Ontario and Atlantic Canada led the pack, and not in a good way it comes to this, with car theft claims increasing in these areas by 50%. 48% and 34% respectively. And it's happening because it's not a hooligans inspired by the Fast and the Furious franchise. Years-long supply chain issues have left auto inventories diminished and demand high, making auto theft a lucrative felony for organized crime. Stolen vehicles are usually shipped out to West Africa and Europe, where in-demand models that would fetch $100,000 at home can fetch up to two hundred fifty grand. It's a fairly easy crime to commit. The increased amount of tech in modern day vehicles has actually created more methods for stealing them, some of which have gone even viral in TikTok. Which we talked about previously, but I wouldn't admit to how easy this is if I were you. You know, let's just say it's difficult, but some people can actually figure it out. And it matters because auto thefts affect all car owners as they lead to increased insurance premiums. One equité association, oh, I almost got it. Close. One of the execs there told the Globe and Mail, it directly impacts Canadians at a time when inflation and affordability are putting excess strain on consumers. Now, while there are no precise numbers yet on how much the surge in car thefts has affected nationwide insurance premiums, the average Ontario insurance rate is up by 12% since 2021. Now to zoom out. In the U.S., some cities are actually suing Hyundai and Kia for failing to put adequate safety features in certain models, claiming that it's contributed to a rash of thefts. For our second story, well, it's pretty amazing we've got to the point where artificial intelligence can think critically and come up with solutions out of thin air, like ordering your favorite chicken sandwich at the Wendy's drive-thru. It can also be a pain in the behind. That's right, Brett. The National Eating Disorder Association, a U.S.-based nonprofit, shut down a chatbot naming Tessa, which answered questions about eating disorders after the company that programmed it added an unwanted AI component. Now, Tessa was designed and tested as a closed system, only able to provide pre-approved info from authoritative 
of sources and unable to veer from its script. Cass, the company running Tessa, added an AI aspect a year after it launched, which led to the bot going rogue and giving dieting tips, something the association did not want it doing. I can imagine. Now, look, stories like this can become increasingly common with generative AI seemingly the only tech attracting any interest these days. Companies are feeling the pressure to find a way to use it, even if it's unnecessary or in this case, harmful. It's no secret that AI still makes a lot of mistakes from fabricating court cases when doing legal research to a persistent inability to determine what a gorilla looks like. Now to zoom out, Generally speaking, people don't like having things foisted upon them, and that's true of AI too. A study from the IASEG School of Management found that workers who had positive views of AI lost enthusiasm for it when they were forced to use AI technology. For our third story, there are a few guarantees in life. Death, taxes, and your relatives angrily sharing news articles on Facebook. And even that last one might soon disappear. I'm feeling attacked by this next line, Brett. What are boomers losing with this move? Your favorite pastime, Jay, of sharing news on Facebook. Now, Meta will soon begin tests to temporarily block 5% of its 24 million Canadian users from sharing, posting, and seeing news on Facebook and Instagram. Bill C-18, aka the Online News Act, which is expected to pass this year, would force platforms to strike deals with publishers for the right to share articles, leading big tech to react like Michael Scott when Toby returned. Google, another opponent of the bill, also ran blocking tests earlier this year, temporarily turning off Google News for about 4% of Canadian users for several weeks. It matters because as Canadian media publishers steadily see their revenues fall off a cliff, Bill C-18 aims to help make Canada's news ecosystem sustainable by forcing big tech to share the wealth. That plan doesn't work if big tech decides it doesn't need news. While the test will only last for a month, Meta said it will end the availability of news content in Canada permanently. Bill C-18 passes in its current form. And Meta is confident such a move would hurt publishers way more than it would hurt them, claiming that Facebook generated over 1.9 billion clicks in Canada for news articles between April 2021 and April 2022. Traffic, they claim, is worth over $230 million. But Meta has tried the strategy before with mixed results. In 2021, it blocked news sharing on Facebook across Australia after the country looked to pass its own online news act. While the Aussies made amendments, Facebook was still forced into some pricey deals. The bottom line is this. Regardless of the outcome, the days of Canadian media outlets depending on traffic from fickle social media sites, they are numbered. Picals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at repeak.com. Thank you, Brett, and have a good and safe day out there, Peak Pals. When you give me shock waves.